Hey, yo, how's it going? It's good. Happy Friday to you, Alex. Happy Friday to you and everyone that's listening. Yeah, welcome, welcome. This is the uh, fourth episode, technically. Yeah, inside four. the firm. Yeah. You know what? I don't like that we did the pilot as zero. What do you think about that? I think that was me uh, using Alex's idea. Oh, terrible idea. <laughs> which was uh, so the first tiny house we built was going to be zero. Oh, was it? Oh no, zero zero one. I take it that was back. Zero, so you zero. did have a one. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, hey, we got an awesome show for you guys today. We're going to go over some cool stories with some cool lessons, and in, in each one has a pertinent lesson. And then give you an update about the development project, how we went to the city, some cool things we're thinking about. So uh, it should be good. Yeah. So uh, one of the first things, <clears throat> first topics that um, we want to talk about today is firing firing clients. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> Have you ever fire, fired a client? Yeah, I think most architects uh, or even just business owners in general think about uh, how they could possibly get fired from and, their clients. But I think there's an absolute opposite end to the spectrum. Yeah, because you always hear the client's always right. Like the client is always right. How many times have you heard that? A in my times. life, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of tired of hearing about it. I've heard about it so much. Yeah. So what if is the client is wrong? What do you do? Yeah. And and can they be wrong? And I think yes. I think they I think they can be wrong. At the same time that you could be wrong. I think you guys could both be right at the same time. It goes both ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, one of the <clears throat> this this particular client won't name names or anything like that. Um, it was just a speculative home builder, and. Uh, usually, you know, some of them, some of them come in, have came into our office before and just really tried to, uh, nickel and dime us, I think on, on that, on the, you know, there's no other way, good way of putting that. So I think what happened with this one was, is that we, we had different sets of expectations and I think, um, where everything fell off was, so it was a very simple house and was just doing a set of drawings and there was a bunch of emails that were sent back and forth. And when I specifically recalled uh, changes that are happening in the emails. You know, I, I saw one thing and then this guy saw another thing. And was this the client remind me, because I think I was working on this project too, where, okay, so there's, uh, when a client comes to you as an architecture firm or whatever, there's a couple ways that they can do it in, in my head. One, you can be a production house and one, you can be kind of the architect and the designer. And at F9, we do both. So if you are the designer, you know, they're giving you ideas or saying, we want this many square feet, maybe this many rooms, blah, blah, blah. And then you come up with something and you give it to them. Um, and then from builder's perspective, there's the production house. So I think this is what the guy was doing. We'd get emails and it'd say, do this, do this, do this, right? A bullet pointed list. And it wasn't like we had a big budget. So that's where like the nickel and diming. So how we took it then is like, you literally switch roles, it, at least in, in my head, I do. It's like, okay, I am doing that. Like, I'm not thinking about huge ramifications. I'm not trying to make this cool thing. Like literally I'm doing exactly what you say. You're, you know, you're the builder, you aren't paying us much. That's what's going on. Yeah. And I think he had expectations. That we were gonna go one step further. And I think when, you know, the word, Alex used the word ramifications. So everybody, you know, who, who's an architect or a designer knows that, if you move a wall in floor plan view, it's probably going to affect how it looks in elevation view. And then like it could have a whole series of effects all the way up and down a building. Yeah. So we weren't taking that extra step. Well, no, I think we were thinking about, I think we were thinking about, because that's professional. Like we were still being a professional, mm -hmm. but I don't think it was how I remember it was, okay, we have a floor plan. We send it over and he'll say, okay, move the stairs and do something else. 
And that's all we do and send it back. Where like if it was our client, if it was a second pass, we'd move the stairs, we'd develop the windows a little bit more, we'd do an exterior pass. Yeah. Like we, you know. Yeah. It wasn't just ramifications. Yeah. We would we would have we would have taken we would have just taken extra steps that we normally would take when we're in more of the driver's seat being being the architect or the designer. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. So the wheels fell off and um there was uh there were some nasty emails back and forth and finally Finally, he called, and this was the very first client that we ever fired. We haven't fired more than like two or three, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about this is, so we got on, I got on the phone with him, and you know, there was a, you got a little heated, but I specifically remember saying, you know what, I think I think we are just seeing this whole project not eye to eye, and that you have different expectations than we do, hundred percent. We we have the expectations, sort of like Alex described, and then he had these other set of expectations where. He's paying for a draft. Basically, it boils down to he's paying a draftsman's fee, but expecting a fully, a fully developed set of like architecture or architect or or designer elements on top of it, right? Yep. Uh, so the way we walked away from it was, and I think this is the best way to actually walk away is if you can, if, if you're, <laughs> we didn't have a lawyer at that time, but what we did was I said. Uh, I think we're not seeing eye to eye. We're just going to walk away from this. I'm happy to give you all the CAD drawings so you don't lose any work. Yep. You know, so he didn't just have a PDF and then he had to go to another designer and get the PDF turned into more CAD work and stuff like that. Also, in our contract, it states uh, either party can terminate the contract with, I think it's something like a week's notice. and 10 I, days. I 10, 10, days. 10, 10 days notice. So um, ha- have something like that in in your contract. So, so there's an out. Yeah. For both parties. I like because so, And I've said this before on the podcast that every single contract is like a little marriage, right? So there's got to be sort of like a, think of like you're signing a prenup with this one where you at least have expectations coming out of it. Like you can both get out clean, equally clear. <laughs> yeah. So we released the CAD drawings. And then the other thing that's written in our contract was, and I gave them to him just in DWG format and is that it alleviates us from any liability or anything because all of a sudden that's like the pure content is gone. What was, what was great about, so, you know, he walked away, uh, we walked away. Um, I think we even said you don't have to pay your last bill. It wasn't more than a couple hundred dollars or something like that. But what it did was it left us, it left everybody feeling like nobody got ripped off. I mean, even though we ate a few couple hundred dollars in fees and stuff like that, we weren't, we had all this negativity go away from the firm. And then we, we, I think we solved the problem of not having somebody write a bad review on the internet at that point. Yeah. I've always thought that was a good way of just bringing the anger down to a certain level of like, oh, well, these guys didn't make me pay the last bill. Okay, fine. And then they gave me the CAD drawings. Like, I didn't really lose anything at this point. If anything, I, I won a little bit. Yeah, because they were unhappy with us. So. Yeah. So uh, that was, I think, in 2010, and then Q- jumped to 2014, and I got a, I get an email from that very same client who said, who actually apologized, and I don't have the, uh, I wonder if I could pull it up real quick while I'm talking, the email, what he said, but he basically, in short, he basically apologized for um, how he acted the first time and actually admitted that he was out of line. So it was kind of redeeming from that standpoint, but then at the same time we got like the client came back. So I think there's, you could have a firing go the complete opposite way where you don't release anything for them. They could get completely burned and you make them, maybe you take them to collections because, and then you're in court. Oh. I mean, you can just see like how bad 
that one could exasperate too, right? Yeah. But this one went the perfect way. And then we ended up getting the client back. Um, we haven't done too much work. Uh, we haven't done too much work with them. But but it, it did go to show that like people deserve second chances. There's right and wrong ways about doing things. And I don't think there's anybody talks about the proper way to let people go or, or, you know, separate yourselves. Everybody talks about that the client's always right. Like we could have bent over backwards, but at the end of the day, we have to stand our ground at some point. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I even remember us thinking like, oh, should, should, you know, should we work with them again? And it just came down to the, why not? Second chance, you know, yeah, let's go. What could it hurt? What could yep. it hurt? And it didn't hurt. Well, you're looking for that. Do you want me to jump into yeah, story absolutely. number two? Absolutely. Um, so commercial, I had a commercial client like, get a hold of me, who knows how, probably Craigslist or, or something like that. And this story is about not, not letting people push you around and, and how I kind of deal with it now. Um, because Lance deals with it differently, but it, it, it kind of works out because there's two people because, um, I can take them if they're responding my way, Lance can take them if they're responding to his way. So the contractor, it was for basically a yogurt shop. I think this was maybe your second or third project that you pulled in. Yeah. It was really new. And it was commercial too. Like for some reason, so we had I was to, so we had to, Exactly. So we had to team up with another licensed architect. So we weren't licensed then. Yep. Yep. Um, and basically he said, hey, it's going to be no big deal. Just, you know, go in and measure the place and just like draw these little these little sketches. Piece of cake. Piece of cake. Easy as pie. I Easy think he even yogurt. had the fee in mind for you, right? I mean, he sort of dictated everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, again, we were young and whatever. Young and, and green. Yep, young and green. Admittedly. So, and then I said, what? I go, okay, so it's only going to be this. It's only going to be this. Um, and then all of a sudden, the first warning shot is he left and went to, to California. So it's like, oh, okay. So now he's not even here. Then, then the client says like, okay, now draw in where all the hood goes, all this other stuff goes, you know, like everything. Think about a, if you've done a commercial kitchen, there's a, there's a lot to it, right? Um, what's great about it is a lot of the restaurants, like they know what they want and they pick it all. Yeah. So like, they even have like a lot of spec sheets already ready to go. Exactly. So it's not crazy. You don't have to understand what they all need because normally they're redoing, they've done it before. So like they even have the brand name, they know exactly what they want. So it is easy in that sense, but fitting it all in because most of them just draw it on a napkin or, or whatever and it doesn't always fit and then, you know, getting it right and dealing with the city and putting it in the hood. Um, so basically, I don't think it a- ended too poorly, actually. I just remember the client was mad and they were mad because I was asking for more money and the guy was in California and he basically said... He pretty much jumped ship. He jumped ship and just kind of put it all on, on me. And and even when he said it's going to be easy, it was like, yeah, no, I'll be taking care of everything. He said he'd be taking care of everything, right? So it totally wasn't the case. So first lesson is when someone says that, know that, you when know. When someone says what specifically? Uh, it, this is going to be easy. This is going to be easy. This is going to be easy. Or, or what did I write down? What, what exactly it was? You wrote down, it's going to be nothing. It's going to be nothing. <laughs> it's going to be nothing. <laughs> Okay. This project's not going to be... It's going to be nothing. It's going to be nothing. Four hours. Four, oh, I hate that. I hate that. And it should take you four hours. Especially... Just lines on paper, Al. Yep. Just lines on paper. I still get that. So uh, one person, a developer, he kept saying like, oh, it's just lines on paper. Also, I just need something that quick. And I sometimes just refer him to someone else. I just say, hey, that's not how we operate. We actually put in a lot up front, you know, because try to explain Revit if, if it seems worth it you know, try to maybe sell it. And they're like, Oh no, but what I want to do. And if you're, you're even, even 
even if you go as far to give them an example drawing set that has passed through the city, somehow they're still not convinced. Yep. So you can try to pass it to someone else um, and, and try to pass it to someone who, like, if, it's, if they say the words, just lines on paper, I immediately go to one of my older architect's friends who and draws lines on paper, like literally hand <laughs> draws, because that's, that's, that's what you want. Um, and, and he even, one guy recently said, he's like, no, no, I can pay like a hundred bucks an hour, but it should only take four hours. I'm like, okay, then you're looking for an old architect, an older architect who does hand drawings. Yeah. Who, who will just take half a day and just draw you something out. Yeah. That's exactly out. what you're looking for. Yep. Yep. So that's option number one. Um, option number two is that you can try to convince them that it's going to be a bunch of work. Right. Um, so this goes to the local bar in, in, in Longmont. Um, Lance kind of tried that approach, um, but but the person wasn't buying it. <laughs> wasn't buying it. Oh, it's Longmont. It's going to be whatever. So there, there, there was a client that came in, and uh, um, I just basically told them, look, when I they, they were from out of state too, but they they thought and they were from they were from a, a state with a lot of regulations, but they thought so they thought coming to Colorado is going to be less regulations, and I basically just flat out said. I like to go anymore. I like to go into the city with guns a blazing, and I mean that with we have all the all the engineers, everything. I mean, you are like yes, you are spending a bunch of money up front, but at the yep. end of the day, we have basically everything covered. All the professionals on board. We're not just doing a ragtag project. And some some clients, you know, because Lance and I will be in the meeting. We'll go, oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. And some clients really want that kind of care and attention, and yep. they believe in it. And that doesn't mean that Lance will take the client, but that just that's just one approach, and I'm just saying that yeah. it's a Lance approach. The other approach that I have is if I see like a glint of rationality in their in their eye, <laughs> but I just got a feeling like this person isn't going to be sleazy. This you know after obviously meeting hundreds of clients and all that stuff, saying my approach is they're going to get it. They're going to eventually. Under, yep, they're going to oh. eventually. So you do the meeting. Why do you why do you think you have why do you think you have patience with people like that honestly this is kind of an off-the-cuff question but why do you why do you think uh, how, you have so because i don't look at them and think they have a glint of rationality i think like just i'm not we're not i'm not doing this al yeah. you gonna do this you know what in a, <laughs> i mean we could go deep into psychology you don't have or whatever to go deep, just, but but when you started forming that question i was just gonna chime in and be like i have patience <laughs> it, it might just be like, no no I it might patience. honestly be like that and everybody whoever's there's a friend listening to that like they know Lance has little to no patience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, except with some clients, like this this one client we got from South Dakota that I ended up for five years was working on that house. Yeah. Ridiculous. Oh my I don't get we'll, it. We'll go into that one <laughs> later. We haven't. Did we talk about that? No, I don't think we've talked okay. about that yet. That's another one that. Yeah, we should talk about that at some point. That's coming late. I think that's in 2011. We got that project. 2012. Anyway. So, so what happens in the middle route approach is that they kind of dictate. And this is going back to the to the project down in Denver, they'll kind of dictate what they want because, you know, again, they know they're in charge, you know, whatever. And maybe they have, this is like their third time doing this exact project. Like it's another coffee shop and they've done it, you know, three or four times already. Yep. And honestly, I can think off the top of my head, a bunch of those clients that we've gotten that are still our clients who we've just slowly led them into the city, which is the slaughter. Which is the slaughterhouse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's where developers go to get on the diet. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> There's one project. Alex just wrote down the name. I'm not going to say it. We've, we've redone four times. <laughs> yeah. Because they the, kept 
pounding their head against the wall and they were convinced that they were going to ram this down the city's throat and we we're just we kind of let them just make their own mistakes and you know were sympathetic and did what they wanted to yep. do and then at the end of the day now they finally Alex has literally gained their trust to the point where they just trust what he does and says and now it's going pretty swimmingly and now we're even doing more work with them yep and then and then also um now it's like now I won't let them go to the slaughter four times, you know, <laughs> well, I, I think we're not as green, right? We've been doing this for almost eight years. Yeah. And exactly. so we, we're, we, for lack of, like we have cojones now to be able to tell people like, you know, this is, this is how it works. Yeah. So it's this middle approach and, and, and essentially what will happen is plans will go to the city and they'll see like, Oh, I need this. I need this. I need this. I need, and they're like, Oh my God. And they realize that that's going to take more work. And it's not rational that the same price that you agreed upon is going you need that amount of money to execute the whole so thing. So would you would you give this advice? This is just me coming up with this idea right now. Okay. <laughs> yep. And then also, uh, consult your lawyer before taking the <laughs> advice from a podcast from two random dudes. <laughs> That's our disclaimer. We need yeah. to put that in there. Two random dudes that you heard about yep. from your buddy. Exactly. Listen to these two. Would you give people this advice? Would you be willing to tell them, if they're green, like we were you know, way back in the day, to say, hey, if you can spare the time, see if you can just convince them to go down to the city with you and have a pre, pre-application pre meeting for even just like a tenant finish or something, just so they can see it with their own eyes. And especially if they're like a first-time developer, first-time like restaurant owner or something like that. Would you give people that advice? I'm going to throw some wrenches at you. Good. Here comes a wrench. They okay. already, they keep, already keep had Keep talking. The, I'm going to grab some coffee. Keep going. There. Hey, fill me up. Okay. Um, they already had the pre-app meeting. So they already know. And then the other problem with that is that if they had the pre-app meeting without you, they might not ask the questions that you know to ask, right? And then the second thing is even if you go down to the city and say the pre-app meeting and it goes relatively smoothly, um, we've heard horror stories and been in horror stories where they say one thing in the pre-app meeting and then all of a sudden it's going to be different. It's going to change, right? So you might have 10 questions and 75% of them... um, you might have 10 questions and in the pre-app meeting, it seems like all 10 of them are solved. All you need to do is this. All you need to do is this. And somehow you'd still have to convince that client. You know what? Only 75% of those are going to be the answers of what they said. 30% of those are going to change. They're going to say, oh, no, I didn't say that. Or something else came crazy up. So like, Those are both really good points, especially the point about, okay, maybe they've already went to the city. Because we do have a lot of first-time people say like, oh, yeah, I've already been to the city. They gave me a, 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 a sheet. Here's the things you have to check off, and here's things we have to do. But then they don't understand exactly the things you're saying. So that's a good one. What if, okay, would the perfect scenario be this person has never been to the city, and then would you recommend? Would you ever recommend doing that? Oh, going down to the city with them? Yeah. If, if they thought... Um, y- yes, yeah, I would, I would always say, yes, we want to be in the pre-app meeting. We want to, you know, because we know how to ask more questions, but then also like try to convince them that that doesn't mean it's going to be all hunky door. How do you, how, how do you think you, I agree. That's a really tough sell do because you, the pre-app, how do you might... convince them? Like, could you even come up with, like, I'm asking you on the fly mm-hmm. here. Is there a way to actually try to convince them, the client that, Look, the city says this, and here's what happens, and I'm just asking you to trust me. Here, here's, here's maybe one way. Okay. Um, ask them in, in, in a nice way. I don't have time to formulate it. Yeah, sure. Um, hey, have you ever done like a, a big project where you were the lead, where you're making a building, making a house, making an, an app that thousands of people will use um, 
writing a government regulations, anything like that. They say, yes. Say, how many, did you deal with multiple people during that? You know, even from the city, there's multiple people at the cities, the architects, the planners, stuff like that. How did that go? (laughs) (laughs) And they might come to the conclusion (laughs) that when you put a whole team together, no matter what, it's going to get messy. It's going to be difficult. That's why you pay professionals. That's why you do it. Like if it was simple and easy, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be in my office. Yeah. Um, Man, I don't yeah, I think that's perfect. I think you, for me, you just nailed it. Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. My Denver clients are on it, and Boulder clients. You know, they just, they just. When I meet with them for the very first time, they always just get it that it's yeah. already, it's going to be a process. And actually, I've been able to reassure them lately. I'm like, Denver's actually improved because I did this, this, and this, and they're faster and stuff yeah. like that. Could you hear me when you went over there? Yeah. Could you? I'm going to tell a story. Could you get some cream? Yeah, sure. So, but okay, Lance, that's Denver clients. What, what, what throws me for a loop sometimes are the county clients where they basically say is, it is going to be easy. It is going to be simple. And then guess what? It is easy. It is simple. You know, like it, sometimes it is, sometimes it is. Walsenburg, which is our ne- next project. Wasn't that, wasn't that hard. I know. Um, I bet, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. The South There's- Dakota project. I doubt they won't even look at the plans, I bet you. Yeah, we're doing a house right now in South Dakota. I called, first I called the city that I thought they were in, and then, then they go, oh, no, there's no building department. You're going to have to call the county. I think the county's going to handle this. And then they go, I told them the address, and then they said, oh, well, yeah, there's no building inspector here, so if it's your land, you, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Which blew my mind, uh, because we've never had... Uh, and the ability to just do what we want without any regulations. I mean, yes, we're going to draw it to code. I'm going to try to convince them they should get it engineered. We don't have to stamp it, but... Uh, Here's the caveat to that. To what? If, some, if, if, if a country folk says, hey, it's going to be nothing. Okay. <laughs> Which with the city, it might be nothing. Yeah. But you're still dealing with them, and you're still dealing with them and their wife or them and their business partner or them, and just... You still have to build it to code, so even if it's a commercial, you still got to deal with the IBC or the IRC or the plumbing and electrical. So it's going to be nothing doesn't, doesn't really apply. It's never. So yeah. So is your, is your one-liner conclusion? It's never nothing. It's never nothing. It's never nothing. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, here, let me, I found that email. I want to read it to everybody. Okay. So this is the email I got back and it was, uh, yeah, 2014. Perfect. So I had my numbers right. So this is like three years later, I get an email out of the blue from this guy. Same guy that I fired, right? You're fired. Hey, Lance and Alex, you guys did some work for me a while back and basically ended up firing me as a client. Um, this is verbatim. And he put firing in quotes. Looking back, I can recognize that I was a pain in the hiney. I'd used the same designer for years and got used to her ways. When she moved out of state, it was hard to adjust. Since then, I've used another CAD guy for plans and realized in hindsight, which is always 2020, that you guys are much more proficient and knowledgeable. Consequently, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to give it another try on a project I have coming up. You can always fire me again if the new me isn't better than the old one. Thanks. I wonder, did you use the word fire? In the, in the original email, like in the firing email? Yeah. No, 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 I didn't use it at all. I didn't use it at all. Which I, is wise. Yeah. 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 Hilarious. Yeah. And I actually found, I actually, then right below that, I found the email that said, here's the attached, here's the attached for that. Because it was a phone call. I specifically remember this was a phone call with, with the guy. 
So, uh, yeah. So good things can happen. I, I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I, God, and I swear that there's been one more that's done that too. Where we fired him and we got him back, but maybe not. But it, it's possible. So I think I, so. Com- going into this business, I would have never, ever guessed in a million years that you could do that. That you could walk away mutually yep. and then come back and everybody's okay with it. Here's something that hit me in the dream too. Well, so some of you might have gotten quote unquote fired from other clients. And by fired, I also mean like they just might not be using you again. You know, like they didn't. They, they tried you once. They tried you once and that was it. Yep. Um, and if you know that there might have been a fight, a disagreement or something like that, what if you went back and basically he said, I'm sorry, right? And said, said, you're sorry. He said, hey, hey, I'm sorry for whatever specific thing that you did wrong, right? And just because you said you're sorry doesn't mean what they did was right. You know what I mean? Like, um, sometimes people just want to have that acknowledgement. Yeah. Like I, um, I could push you Mm -hmm. and then you could punch me and kick my dog. Mm -hmm. And I could say, I'm sorry for pushing you. It doesn't mean you punching me and kicking my dog was right. Made it right. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's an interesting little, little tidbit. We haven't tried that yet. We haven't. Well, actually we have a we we we've tried we've kind of done stuff like that where we sort of said hey let's clear the air here let's go out and have a beer and stuff like that and we we've done that with a couple clients yeah um and it seems to work and then you know the relationship kind of evened out and everything like that so yeah there's one know. i'm thinking about i'm going to write his name down is this who you're thinking about alex's mom said not to use names so we're not doing it love you sherry no 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 we're fine <laughs> with them well yeah but we did have that meeting right yeah, that yeah. that yeah. So Alex wrote down <laughs> something you guys will never see. Yeah, but we might try to. We'll let you but know dude, how it goes. No, no, no. I no, no. I actually. So the client he wrote down can't name names. I actually suggested to you. Remember, like, hey, let's take them out to eat. Well, we tried taking them out to eat. We they tried to take them out, and they, they wouldn't respond. It was just all cold emails. And and Alex, I'm I would have shown kept... up at their office and just just saying, hey, by the way, in this meeting, this happened. Wanted to let you know. This client's from New Jersey's East Coast. I don't know if that's a thing to do. <laughs> Lance thinks all. <laughs> we, have a, we have one of our newest employees is from the East Coast. He's, he's, he's great. Shaking his head. <laughs> he looked at. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, okay, so that that's that's enough about that. Uh, Want to go to Walsenburg City? Yeah. City story. Yeah. So what about Walsenburg? So we had this client. A guy's gonna make his own retirement home. This was again 2010, an early project. Super cool guy. Super cool guy. Low budget. It was just fine. Um, He's going to make like a two-bedroom cabin with a basement underneath that you could drive into. Yep. And in, in down in southwest Colorado, we're like middle of nowhere, land is cheap. Really, really amazing place, actually. He's invited us out there to go shoot guns, which is awesome. Yeah. And we've been out there, but um, now I have more guns. We need to. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we could just text him or call him. We haven't talked to him in years, but he'd probably be like, yeah, I'm there this weekend. Come down. He's just an old, cool dude. I just We just really liked his personality. Yeah. 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 So I think we, we, we technically kind of lost money on the project, but we did lose money. So we underbid it by 50%, 100, you know, all, all day long. And yeah. it was one of the first clients that we convinced, hey, let us do the structural drafting uh, and hire the engineer. So we do it all in-house. And my thoughts behind doing that has always been, for me anyway, it's, it's being able to seamlessly mend like the architecture and the engineering together, so we don't have like a surprise beam somewhere. Yeah. Not that engineers don't do their don't do a good job, but I just think, man, if you if you can 
do it, especially for small buildings, like maybe a big commercial building, you couldn't do it. But And what, what hit me on this train of thought of more responsibility and more money. So when Lance was studying for the ARE test, we were driving down to the CU where we teach and you were reading off questions and yeah. I was answering them. And it was all like, who's responsible for this? Who's mm. responsible? And it was a series of just contractor, contractor, contractor. I'm like, no wonder we don't make any money. We're technically not responsible yeah, for anything. I, spe- I specifically remember that day. Yeah. I haven't gotten those questions yet, but um, I was like, it, it just, it just, it became so clear then. Like, okay, if we want more money. We want more money. More, more responsibilities, more roles. Yep. Yep. Wear all um, the hats. So what we did with those plans, since we were spending more time and more money on them, is that we could make them nice and we could use those as marketing. We could use those as selling. So we could show other clients, this is a full project, architectural, engineering. This is what you get. And that's where it kind of paid back. So instead of instead of doing, because we've talked about it before, why we don't, why we don't, haven't concentrated on the competitions like other people did. We, we took this as sort of, okay, this is our, this is a way to, for us to do what we would do if we were doing competitions. We're going to spend the money and the time here. Yep. And the, the second thing that was cool about that project was it reinforced the fundamentals for us. So he called us back probably a, it, since he was doing everything himself, it just took a long time. So a year and a half after the drawings were done, he's like, guys, you would not believe how much little waste there are there is on this project. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I, I would believe that because everywhere where we can, we design in two foot increments because plywood comes in two foot osb everything is just easier in everything form work form work two two foot increments and he was he was just amazed and for some reason i know sometimes you need like um you need a half inch on an exterior or or whatever sometimes you just cannot get away with like you can't get away from those stupid increments yeah but if you have a bump out that's one foot ten and a half just make it do. What are you doing with your life? What are you, <laughs> what are you doing with your what life? What are you? You're gonna cut off that one and a half inch, and that that's, and what you just throwing that away for 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 no reason. Like it's literally not gonna cost you anymore. Yep. Unless they just bid it purely on square footage, and that adds two square foot and adds hundred. Eh, that doesn't but, happen though. I yeah. mean, maybe, but yeah. So the majority uh, of the time, it's not gonna happen like that. Exactly. And and obviously, there you can't make everything in two foot stuff like that but like where you can just make it make it a point to do it so that was a you know one of the very first things we talked about was over delivering and this is a perfect example of us over delivering on a project but then we leveraged those drawings and they you know for a tiny cabin which i think ended up being maybe 1600 square feet we ended up with like 22 pages of drawings 22 sheets which is very big for a little tiny house but what it showed is it just prove to people without us having a ton of built work that these guys know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Yep. So we use that and we got to, you know, we started landing more and more work as a result. I think it was a good, uh, that was a good exercise. Yeah. Can I, can I get, I'm going to go off script. Sure. Um, when we used to land clients and now still do, uh, we used to go, we used to go to meetings, guns a blazing basically. And hey, we used to do it together. We used to do everyone together. Um, and we used to come and we'd bring three example sets mm-hmm. and all this. Uh, a couple, a year and a half ago, we didn't get a client. Um, and we said, you know, we asked, okay, you know, where was our price? And they're like, ah, oh, your price was probably in the middle. Like, it, it wasn't a factor. And they go, okay, why did you go with this other firm? Like, oh, they were they were bigger. They were 11 people, um, stuff like that. I'm like, we're an eight-man firm. Oh, God. That was a huge <laughs> project that we missed out on. Yeah. But we just got complacent. We got complacent. Yep. And like they had no idea. They they oh I just thought it was 
you know, Alan, I just thought it was you two. Yeah, I just thought it was you two, and we were, yeah, we were up to, we were, we, I think we Maybe had right. six people at that time, but still. Yeah. And very capable of doing the project. Yep. So, um, that, that's not, like, don't forget, don't, don't forget that. Don't forget the fundamentals. Don't forget the fundamentals. Ever. Ever. Don't ever slip Never on Never do it. Yeah. Try to not do that. <laughs> all, the, all the fundamentals that we talk about on this podcast, just write them down and remember them. And I mean, routine is so critical yeah. for anybody to be successful, right? Like you, you got Tim Ferriss, the new, his new book, the, what is it? Tools of Titans. Tools of Titans. Pick it up if you haven't, by the way. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome because you can just flip through it and then you can pick out who you want to, he just, it's kind of like an excerpt of the interview. And all of these people who are super successful, they have a, just a strict regiment that they do every day. And yeah, they slip and stuff like this, but man, they're doing the same stuff every day. I just can't stress that enough. Yeah. His podcast is actually pretty good too. I've been, the most recent ones are, actually I skip around, so I don't know if they're most recent, but, but check them out uh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool story, bro. You want to go to current? Current. Current. Okay. The design build. I can't tell you how excited I am about this. I went home and I just Try. told Randy. I am super excited about it <laughs> that I can't even put it into into words. I'm excited about it too. We had a meeting with the solar company yesterday, and the shout new, out Live Solar. Yeah, shout out Live Solar uh, out of Westminster, Colorado, I think something like that. Yeah. Look them up, L I V S O L A R. Yep, super cool. The new products that are coming out and the the way solar is going down is is awesome. But they they showed us this awesome product that's going to make like the top of these condos that we're doing look like a tree canopy. Yeah, that so, gains energy. So one of our heroes, Jonathan Segal, not uh, the actor. Yep, <laughs> the architect. Basically, he 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 says in all your projects, he's talking about residential. He goes, I do two things. He goes, I put a piece of art, and sometimes it's like a sculpture that's like sitting on his building, right? And I put a fireplace, and he goes, it makes him sell like hotcakes. He's mm-hmm. like, no one else does it. Goes above and beyond stuff like that. So. We thought about, you know, we've talked about this. Okay, art. We could buy a nice art piece. We could do some accent walls, stuff like that. Um, and we could, and then Josh, our New England uh, employee over there, he he's like, let's do a gas fire, uh, a gas um, oven and stove, which is cool. And then let's run that line up to a gas fireplace on the th- third story patio, mm-hmm. right? Which so, is like a sky deck. Yep. So that that will be our fireplace. I think that's pretty solid. Done. Pretty, yep. And then for the art, the art piece. So they are called, um, the solar panels that Lance is talking about are bifacial. So on top of a solar uh, solar cell is basically glass, right, to protect it. Then you have your solar cells, right? And they're basically four by four or six by six inch squares, right, with about an inch in between. And then normally behind that is either like white and it's boxed in or it's like black matte and it's, you know, two, two inches thick or three inches thick. And it's just this huge panel that goes up there. Well, bifacial ones have glass on the other side. So it's literally glass, cool panel, glass. So then what Lance was talking about, it's this tree canopy. And like, I'm so anxious because- It lets at least 15 to 20% of the visible light all the way through. You know what I mean? So imagine if this, if the panels are over your head and you still get this really cool filtered light. Yep. And we, we want, so why I'm anxious about it is because they're double the price. (laughs) <laughs> I want to do it so bad, but we'll see how everything, you know, financially works out. Yeah. And this is where, like, if you're ever wondering why developers do stuff, like Lance and I question all the time, like, why do you max out the site? Well, why don't you? Yeah. Like, why, why are we going right to the property line? It just makes yeah. us completely nervous when we go into the city and then like, cause if we're, if we mess up like that, are we paying for it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yep. Yeah. So obviously with our development, 
we went right to the property line. <laughs> and at first we weren't going to, and we were like, see, we're, that's why we're going to be better developers than everybody else. Nope. Yeah. Now we're there right to the property line. And I think it came down to like, after we had a meeting with the city, some reason we had to shift the, things and we're like, shoot, that's why we're doing it. The setback went from like 10 feet in the front to 20 feet. There you go. That's, that's, that was exactly it. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and we're going to talk about the, the um, city and how to approach them and stuff like that. But uh, even even like we want to mimic nature fundamentals. And when we go, when we think about sustainability, Lance and I, and if you haven't gotten our book, The Creativity Code, you should because it goes through a whole Check bunch it out of, on Amazon. Yep. goes through a whole bunch of examples from a, a chicken coop to a tiny house to a skyscraper. And fundamentally, the principles are all the same. Mm-hmm. It's the four elements. Where are you getting your water from? So on the new development, we want to collect water and rain bar- barrels, which you can do in Colorado. All of a sudden, because of the last election, yay. Yep. Um, where are you getting your heat from? S- solar panels, right? You're getting your electricity from that. Um, uh, fire, same thing. And then your food, your food is one. So that's like the earth. So on the top uh, balcony, we want to have raised planters so that people can do the food. Uh, and am I missing one? Wind. 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 So... Uh, We'll probably plan spaces where you could put plants inside the building that can clean the air. There you right? go. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there, and then also cross ventilation with the wind. That's what we're thinking about the, the four elements. And with this bifacial solar panels, it will, you know, like it will make this cool pattern. So it will look like a tree, you know, like you know, sun coming through trees. So I'm just, I'm just super excited. I'm yeah, just super excited. It's gonna be cool. It's I, I'm excited about the project because we can control the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, for better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. So tell everybody about if, uh, cause I don't think we've talked about this. Let's say you want to become a developer. Yep. And let's say you buy it, you get a piece of land, right? Yep. We, we've already talked about that. What do you do next? First thing you do, obviously you make sure you can buy it, finance it, all that. You sign up for a pre-app meeting and how, and basically every city that I know, they do it once a week and it's normally on Wednesdays, right? If it's a small town, I don't know. If it's a big town, I don't know. If it's a small town, sometimes it's once a month, first first weekend, first week of the month. That's true. Yep. Um, and even big towns, it's probably once a week, but you might not get on the next week. Yeah. So we went in on a Monday, and they said, okay, sign up. You can't get in on this Wednesday, but you can get in on next Wednesday. And basically we do is we do like a site analysis, and I'll tell you everything, and then I'll even put up this PDF. And this PDF um, obviously won't be what we're going to make in the future because you're just getting the ideas out to them. So and you wanted, you, a lot of it is about first reactions, yep. what you're gleaning from all the different departments. Yep. So um, – uh, fire will be there. Traffic will be there. Water will be there. Um, utilities, water, sewer, gas, and then a main planner and the building department will be there. So we put together just one 11 by 17. And then we took an image of one of the examples of, you know, a similar thing that we've already designed just to give them like, okay, this is, it's going to, the general aesthetic is going to be this of this quality. It yeah. won't look exactly like this, but it's going to be of this quality. Then we go into zoning and we immediately just say, okay, what our zoning district is. And then we break out what you can use in there. So normally there's a couple different use types, right? Permitted use. So, okay, you can make, so in ours, you can make a bed and breakfast, boarding rooms, group home, independent living, group care. You know, they have that. Conditional use, multifamily dwellings. Okay, that's what we're doing. What is that? What is, and tell everybody what conditional use means. Conditional use just means you need to go through an extra step, right? And there's usually like a staff the staff approves it, right? And some sometimes it's the staff approval, and sometimes it's a I think a commissioner approval. Yeah, or the city council. Council, sorry, council. Yep. yep, city council. So we are in the conditional use, and our main goal of this was basically because we are still. It was 
I think on Monday we signed the contracts, right? Yeah. And had then, the meeting Wednesday. And then, and then, and then, then we had it the next Wednesday. But if they yeah. said, we don't like this conditional use, it's going to be hell for you to get through. We would have had to get out of the contract some, excuse me, somehow. Um, limited use. Um, so then they'll say what a limited use is, and then they have not allowed. So they'll say like, just don't do this here, right? You're not going to get it allowed. So don't do that yeah, <laughs> at all. Um, the next thing we have is we have an area. Uh, plan so like we knew the basic shape and how many levels so we just basically gave them an area and what how that's going to count is because you need to make sure uh you have enough open space right so just there's normally a ratio or your far ratio yeah. your florida area ratio right so then moving to the next column we just have our site information so the address the owner parcel number just stuff so that they can identify you know how big it is in acres and square feet and then we have a little form paragraph. So we get into the setbacks. What are the setbacks? Front, rear, side, maximum floor ratio, proposed floor you know, ratio, what we're going to do. So we're just describing the form, right? And then open space analysis is next. Make sure we have enough open space. Then parking. Make sure you look into the codes how much parking you have. Um, so for us, for every residence, you need 2.2 cars per three unit bedroom, right? So then we have how many cars and all that. And then the next thing we always like to do is we give them a sort of blocked out 3D view because if it's Revit, if you're making it in 2D, you're making it in 3D. So we might as well just give them it. And you'll see if you go on uh, inside the farm, um, this is episode four. 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 Um, I'll put this. I'll put this PDF up and you can see it. Um, very generic. It's color coded and then a site plan. And we needed to make the site plan so we could get all that information, right? All that information basically comes from the site plan. It just lays out the units, where the sidewalks are, where some parking is, and that's it. And basically what they'll do, you'll go to the city and you'll basically, you won't go through everything, but you'll say, hey, we're thinking about doing multifamily, you know, and then you'll say some key points. You'll say, we have enough parking, we have enough area, stuff like that. And don't, do don't expect that you're going to get all the answers out of them. Uh, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but what I go in and expect is I'm going to at least see the big red. They're going to at least tell me the big red flags. And for me, it's always, okay, how wide are you guys going to want this road? Okay. How many, how much is the parking? And that will dictate just about everything. Yep. Those are the big, and then, and then if there's any weird setbacks that I haven't seen that somehow the city planner knows, oh, there's a utility easement that we didn't tell you about. And landscape buffers. Yeah, so landscape buffers are yep. huge. So, so one of our sides is a five-foot setback, and they're like, oh, you need a 10-foot landscape buffer on that side. We're like, oh, okay. Because the zoning said five-foot, but then because of their, because of, but then somewhere deeper in the code. Yeah, because the other person put a parking lot there. Somehow we have to have a 10-foot buffer. Yeah, there's always hidden crap in the codes, and I think flushing them out in these meetings is critical. Yep. And then, so everyone, every one of those departments will go around and say their, say their piece. And then at the end, I think an important question to ask is because we know developers who try to push it and the, the, the city officials have these meetings every day, like Wednesday, all they are doing is these meetings. So they might be zoning out the whole time besides their small portion that they have to say, yeah. especially if it's later in the afternoon. So at the end you want to say, Hey, thanks. And Hey, everyone, just so I understand is what we are proposing in the general vein of something that the city you guys and the planning commission wants to see here. Yeah. And then they'll either say, uh, without they said, yeah, yeah, no, we, we need denser units. We need residential, all that. 
Or they'll say, well, no, the neighborhood, blah, 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 blah. We and haven't seen this kind of development here. We're kind of, we're kind of, you know, we've seen the problems this is created in Denver. We're not sure we want it in our community. Again, they're not going to tell you exactly. They just kind of give you those, but they, but there are obvious differences between the two responses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Body language is everything. Yep. So no, right when you, when they accept your offer for the land, it means run. <laughs> as Doesn't fast mean- as possible does not mean relax because you know if for anybody who has or has if it's okay it it doesn't matter if you have or you haven't well go ahead now i mean by run i mean run start producing stuff not run yeah we yeah our pants have been on fire since you know since since we did this uh because at the end of the day you know you've got for i don't know who has or hasn't uh purchased property listening to this but when you do you you put down earnest money and that's the thing you're going to be out on if if you end up saying, I'm not going to do this project, and there are outs in your contract later on, you can work with your real estate agent. So ask for that from your real estate agent. Like, hey, I need you know, 21 days of due diligence time to look into this, meet with the city. I mean, it's up to you how the contract is written, but know that you need to leave yourself some time to be able to have this kind of meeting to also be able to get an environmental analysis done on the property to get uh, potentially a survey done. The environmental analysis is a pretty big one because there's a lot of properties in our town on Main Street that Alex and I have targeted that we love and we think would be great, but they're basically unbuildable unless you remove, I think, like 50 feet of the soil or something because they were old gas stations and they're brown brown sites and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, So... You know, your contract, it'll take at least a month to close anyways because everyone has to get their stuff together, so... Do everything in there. And earnest money, honestly. Um, we put in, I think on this property, it was like $3,000 or something like that. Oh, it was more than I thought. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's not the worst. It's not the best. You don't want to lose it. So, But if you do lose it, it's not like you're losing out on it. And actually, so for anybody who hasn't, again, if you're looking to do this for the first time, there's even a, you can even sometimes write it into your contract like you can get your earnest money back after a certain, you know, before a certain amount of time. Yeah. So, you, so just know that, I mean... Select the right real estate agent. I think it's totally critical for this. Yeah. And then some things. Okay. After that, the city will take a week and then they will get, well, it depends, but our city will take a week. Um, and then they will give you a formal response and they'll give you a whole bunch of lists of, of stuff. And then like I had to call and clarify some, um, I went in to talk to the fire to kind of the fire guy wasn't there. He wasn't there. So like I had to get which I'd, ended up in a aisle change, right? Does this change from 24 to 26 now or something? No, like that? it was 26. Now it can be 24. Oh, even better. It so can we, actually we went, be the, we went the opposite way. Good. Yep. Yep. But it was going to be like 30 something by his comments. It was going to be way too big. So that's why I had to go in and personally oh, meet okay. with him. It was going to just destroy everything. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I asked, I said, Hey, some of the things that you are requesting don't apply. So like a huge traffic study, like we got out of that, some other things. Oh, we did. Good. Yep. Um, and then I tried to get out of the, the they're going to look for what animals are there. And I go, there's no trees. <laughs> there's no nothing. It's old farmland Yep. in suburbia. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I said there's no gophers or not. Um, what they no, say? No, prairie dogs. Oh, I still have to check with the environmental people about yeah, that. You yeah. Need, yeah, that's on it's your on list. My plate. So, um, and they said, and this is what's funny. And I didn't say this, but... The law in Colorado is if there's prairie dogs, you have to, you know, move them. You have to get rid of them. And there's two ways to get rid of them. One is you can capture them all, have someone capture them all and go move them someplace. Like they have places, like some places will take them. Or I think like private, you can put, you can release them on private property with an owner's permission. Exactly. So just move them. 
or you can literally gas them. So you plug up all their holes besides one and you gas them. <laughs> and what I wanted to say is if, or if not, there are prairie dogs, we're going to gas them regardless. So why do we, <laughs> the excavator is not going to dig around the hole. And why do we have to pay, you know, to get for you? For, Just for, because, for everybody because, who doesn't know this in Colorado, they treat gophers like an endangered species. There, these prairie dogs are all over the place. <laughs> There's and open space that just kills Alex inside because you can't buy it to put a house on because it's just for gophers. It's for, uh, <laughs> well, it's not that because it drives up land prices too. Whatever. It's ridiculous. Um, not that I'm a murderous killer, but <laughs> but there are no no prairie but he dogs. But a bison and they did beat the gophers. Exactly. <laughs> Step on prairie. <laughs> um, so that's it. That's kind of the process. Um, if you guys have any questions or want to clarify anything, reach out uh, on Facebook or AKG at F9Productions.com. And I have a special request. Uh, for any any listener who's act, who's really enjoying this, we would really appreciate it if you leave us a review on, on iTunes specifically and then SoundCloud. You could leave the same review or something like that. So yeah, that helps us. Huge. It helps our reach. Uh, we're trying to build an audience space here. We have, some, we have some advertisers that are actually kind of interested since they've heard the podcast. So, yep. Please do that. Thanks for everything, and we'll be back next week. See ya.